With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. with the master key today is wednesday uh this is the time that usually captain myself come together and uh, we join forces and sharing with you in areas of relationships uh we're shifting and changing i will order the way we uh do things so i'll probably be um doing this broadcast myself unless we shift and um and we cancel the wednesday and even Thursday, I'm uh, we're regrouping, we're reorganizing, we're restructuring. So therefore, we uh, have a lot of work ahead of us. So therefore, we're going to be uh, uh, shifting a lot of things the way we've been doing it. So I'm going to be needing Cancer uh, to be focused on some other things. So I'm going to be releasing her from her responsibility on Wednesdays and Thursdays, and so. Uh, and she can begin to focus on some of the major things that need to take place in order for us to be uh, the man and the woman and the congregation that God has ordained, appointed, and anointed us to be. Everything is about team effort. And so, therefore, sometimes we have to increase, decrease, and uh, to do whatever it takes in order to bring glory, honor, and praise to the Lord. So uh, we'll be going, we're going to be shifting so I'll probably be doing once again this broadcast on Wednesday unless we shift and change. Uh, we may just go to the Monday and Tuesdays, uh, or we may just stick with the uh, Wednesday only and uh, and just deal in the areas of relationships. And, of course, on Saturday we will be uh, sharing from the perspective of uh, intercession warfare and uh, the supernatural. So uh, once again... I uh, want you to prepare your hearts and mind because we are shifting, and so we're restructuring, and uh, and because we went through a major transition as well, so I'm going to be needing uh, Kathy uh, to begin to focus on some other areas, and so we. Uh, but God is moving, and I'm excited about it, and uh, I know uh, uh, October the seventh, two thousand and twelve, uh, was a time that God reinstated. Uh, uh, restated us in a position of authority and power in the kingdom of God. Um, uh, God has always been a God that prepares us to receive. Now, what we do during that time of preparation, that is up to us. But God never just say a thing, then do a thing. It uses say a thing, then prepares us to receive the manifestation of what he has said. And um, And I'm kind of excited about uh, where God is taking us. I thank God for confronting. I thank God for challenging. 
And more than anything, I thank God for those that is responding to the challenge of the Lord. Uh, God spoke some things to us on um, our first message on uh, the new year. Um, uh, after listening, to, uh, God giving us a powerful message uh, on our watch night service uh, concerning open doors and him contending with the enemy that contends with us. Uh, uh, um, then he comes to give me this message by binding a strong man. And one thing I do know, that uh, God has graced us to hear him and to hear from him. And so it sounds like a, 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 a what kind of message was that after coming off a powerful message like uh, open doors and God contending and God restoring and God fighting against your enemies and God rescuing your children uh, uh, or God rewarding you for, uh, uh, rewarding your open door for your stand uh, uh, in him. Now, I'm discovering that a lot of people didn't stand. Um, so I'm still standing on what God said in spite of what I'm discovering. So it doesn't matter what I'm discovering. The only thing that matters is what God said. Uh, God is bigger than what people is doing and what people has done. God is bigger. So what God said is more powerful than what you have done and what you have said. So we have to fight to stay focused on what God promised and what God said. Now, this segment is dealing with relationship, uh, dealing with husbands and wives, dealing with parenting. So let's look at a scripture here. Uh, uh, I'm going to use this scripture that I did not bring out on, on Sunday, but I will be bringing out this Sunday. And maybe this is a prelude to the message for Sunday. Uh when you talk about relationships, you got to understand that heaven uh, creates and establishes the pattern. Heaven is the pattern. Heaven is the pattern for all earthly relationships. Heaven is the pattern for all earthly functions. When God said in the word of God, let us make man in our image and our likeness, let uh, them have dominion. Of the fish of the sea to follow the and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the face of the earth. Now, those of you that has joined us and you are married, those of you that has joined us and you desire to be married, let's look at the function uh, uh, of relationships. And I'm going to give your scripture in a few minutes here, and um, that I'm going to try to break this thing down uh, concerning relationships. Uh, so here's God say, let us make man in our image and our likeness, and turns around, he said, us, me, the word, the Holy Spirit, the Godhead. Let the Godhead make man in our image and our likeness. So when there was a creation took place, when God formed a man out of the dust of the ground and breathed the man's not to the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So all three dimensions or all three uh, entities if I can use that word, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Father, Word, Holy Spirit, was in the act of creating. God formed, God breathed, and then the man came into existence. Then he turns around and said, and let them have dominion over what we just created. Let them. So if it's, if them going to have dominion, then 
That means that them got to know their role in dominion. They got to know their function in dominion. He said, let them have dominion. He said, let us make man. So God understood and know what his role is, the word role, the Holy Spirit role. But all of them complement one another because they are one. Now, are they one or are they three different entities? Well, they are three different entities, but yet they are one. But what makes three different entities one? How could they be one and they three? Because they do not think differently about any matter apart from each other. They don't, they, 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 their thoughts isn't different. Their actions isn't different. And when I mean the actions isn't different, Jesus, what you, uh, you see me do, no, what I see the Father do, I do. He says that the Father will be glorified, paraphrasing, I'm here to glorify the Father. When the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to glorify me. Here is a pattern here of relationship. Now, I personally believe that we're getting ready to see supernatural miracles in relationships. Supernatural miracles. In order for the kingdom of God to be advanced, then we need to understand the government of God. It's one thing we started off with in 2012, the government of God. The government, 2010, was dealing with... uh, Divine order. Divine order in 10, government in 12. So you got government and you got order. That's the purpose of government, to bring order. So whatever the order is, the government is responsible for executing or maintaining order. And with every government, well, I don't know every government, but the government here in the United States, there is a legislation. Slater. So you you got the legislation is the one that makes laws. You got the chief executive office, that is the president. It is his responsibility to sign off on the laws. And once the laws are signed off, they're, then it's, they're supposed to be executed. So it's the same thing. Heaven determines the laws that governs the relationships in the earth realm. Heaven determines it. Heaven determines uh, determine if you was going to be a male or a female before your mother conceived you in her womb. Heaven determined you're going to be a female or a male. Heaven knew what the color of your skin was going to be before you was conceived before you came into the earth because all, I mean, you, your parents are in the earth, but heaven determined what race you was going to be of. Heaven determined the color of your eyes, the color of your skin, the color of your hair. Heaven determined how, high, how tall you was going to be, how short you was going to be. Heaven determined what kind of person that heaven had determined you're going to be. I'm thinking about the scripture in the book of Jeremiah. When heaven told Jeremiah, or God told Jeremiah, 
before you was formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. Heaven knew you before you was formed. Before you was conceived in your mother's womb, heaven knew you. Why? Because the only reason you was formed in your mother's womb, because heaven that knew you allowed you to be formed because there was a purpose that heaven needed to accomplish in the earth. Now, I'm going somewhere with this so we understand there is a relationship. So heaven knew. Heaven determined. Now, let's get to the relationship thing. You got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You got the man and the woman. Let us make man. Let them have dominion. Let them. So let me ask you this question here. If you said let them have dominion, will, if the them is divided, if the them is not in the harmony, would it hamper or slow down the dominion? Well, he said let them. He didn't say let him. He said let her. Do Satan know that? Yes. Yes. So therefore, in order for them to have dominion, what is the function of the man and what is the function of the woman for them to have dominion? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, the head of Christ is God, the head of the man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man. Who is the head of the Godhead? The Father. Who is the second person in the Godhead? The Son of the Word. Who is the third person in the Godhead? The, uh, the Holy Spirit. So do we ever see God at odds with the Word? No. Do we ever see the Holy Spirit at odds with Jesus of the Word? No. They are one. They are one. The Word is satisfied with being the second person of the Godhead. The Holy Spirit is satisfied with being the third person of the Godhead. They're satisfied. Then my question would be to you, man of God, are you satisfied with God making you the head of your union? Well, let me ask you this here, woman of God. Are you satisfied with God making you the second person of the union? Are you satisfied? Or do you want to be the head of the union? And man do man of God, do you want to be the second person in, 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 of the union? That is the manipulation of the powers of darkness in relationships. Heaven determines who's going to be head of a union. Heaven determines who's going to be the second person of the union. Heaven determines that. But there's a law that governs the union. There's a law that governs the union. The head of the man is Christ. The head of the woman is the man. That is a law. The man don't determine that. The wife don't determine that. Heaven determines that. It's a law. So in order for the man and the woman that God brings together in holy matrimony to be successful, they got to abide by the law that governs the union. The earth don't determine that. The heavens determine that. Heaven itself has already determined the law that governs the union. So the success of the union is contingent upon uh, uh, the man and the woman understanding the law that governs the union. 
The man need to understand his role and function. The woman need to understand her role and function because they didn't create the role nor the function. God created the role. God created the function. Let us make man in our image and our likeness. God said, this is my function. This is the word function. This is the Holy Spirit function. Look, we created the heavens and the earth. We were very successful in creating the heavens and the earth. I play a role, played a role. The Son played a role. The Holy Spirit played a role. So therefore, we see that there is evidence of success. The creation is the evidence of the success of the role of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So when a man and a woman is abiding by the laws that governs the relationship, there should be success. There should be progress. Now, is there, do, is there an enemy of progress? Is there an enemy of success? Absolutely. Do Satan, do Satan like God? Absolutely not. If he don't like God, he don't like you. He don't like God's creation. So therefore, if there is a law that governs the success of every relationship, there's a law that governs the success of a marriage, there's a law that governs the success of even single people, ladies and gentlemen. Heaven determines it. I don't determine it. The courts don't determine it. Heaven determines the laws that govern marriage. Heaven determines it. Heaven determines the laws that governs a husband. Heaven determines the laws that governs a wife. Heaven determines it. Now, if heaven determines these laws, the enemy ultimate goal is to get us to usurp the laws or to violate the laws. That's going to determine the success. Because once again, watch it. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the face of the earth. Let them. Let us make man. We created the heavens. We created the earth. So therefore we see the manifestation of success in God's creation is revealed in their union. The union of the Father, the union of the Son, and the union of the Holy Spirit. Things happen. Then God turns around, uh, or was it God? Well, God the Son turns around in Matthew 18 and says, If any two agree on earth, as touching anything they shall ask, it shall be done for them of the Father which is in heaven. So agreement, if any two on earth, any two human beings, who should be the greatest agreement partners? A husband and a wife. Do Satan know that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So my question to you is this right here. Now, this segment is set aside for relationships. Those of you that's tuned in, that is married, and those of you that is tuned in, that is single and desire to get married. Now, well, I guess we'll have to speak specifically to those that is married, but those that is desire you listening. So listen, make this question. Those that is married, if you've been married. One year, three years, five years, eight years, 
10 years, whatever. Let me see. Actually, are you and your spouse in agreement? Are you and your spouse, do you all live in agreement? I'm going to tell you what I know what your answer is going to be. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't. Okay, well, the times that you have not lived in agreement, why haven't you been in agreement? What caused you all not to be in agreement? Because the moment agreement is broken, progress cease. I'm going to say it again. The moment agreement is broken, progress cease. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Can you live together for 50 years and never live in agreement? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, what would be contingent upon agreement? We brought something last night in the uh, broadcast on last night. We would begin to share concerning intimacy. Will you say that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is intimate? Absolutely. What, what is the evidence that they're, uh, they're intimate? They're one. So if you are experiencing intimacy, you're experiencing oneness. And if you're experiencing oneness, you are exercising dominion, and you are experiencing success. You are experiencing blessings. Let me ask you this question here. Can you experience a level and a measure of success and not be one? This is a good question, isn't it? Then I know some of you are going to say no, based on what you just said, but that's incorrect. There can be a level and measure of natural success without the husband and the wife being one. He said, well, how could that be? All it takes is just one of them being one with God. If the man, if the wife is not in agreement with the husband, the, all the husband has to do is agree with Christ. And Christ will bless the family based on his oneness with his head, Christ, if his wife decides not to be one with him. But what about if the man does not decide to be one with Christ? Will God say will bless the union if the wife make a decision to be one with Christ if her husband is out of place? He still will bless because of her faith, her trust, and her confidence in the word of the living God. We are... We're in a season where we're paying our first fruits unto the Lord. Had a young lady come to me on Sunday and and said, Apostle, uh, my husband, uh, uh, he's challenged with paying first fruits because he's looking at the bills and things, but can I pay first fruits? Stuff like that kind of bothered me when the woman want to do the, want to do the right thing, and the man is struggling doing the right thing. That kind of bothered me, but that usually that's the, that's the way it works. But not all the time. But usually, not all the time. But usually. So I said, of course you can pay first fruit, but you need to be in agreement with your husband. You need to be in agreement with your husband. 
I said, because your husband is your head. And what you what he does is going to affect you and your children. He's, he's your authority. You see, can you see the manipulation of Satan? Right there. One wants to do the word. The other one is afraid to do the word. Are they in agreement? Absolutely not. Her heart is bent towards Christ, but his heart is not. You say, how can you say his heart is not? Because he refused to do the word. We brought out last night, he has a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word, deceives himself. So he sets himself up to be deceived. And then he turns around, if he's deceived, he will end up becoming a deceiver to his wife and his children. Because he refused to do the word. I didn't say refuse to read the word. I didn't say refuse to preach the word. I didn't say that. I said he refused to do the word. Then he becomes self-deceived, and once he becomes self-deceived, he will automatically be a deceiver. He will still talk Christ. He still will uh, 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 um, share things out of the Bible, but he will be a deceiver. He will only talk it to deceive people, making people think that he's something that he's not, making people to think that he's in a place that he's not. So he become an expert in sharing scripture, but not an expert in living scripture. He become a he become a deceiver. So here's the first fruit thing. So, so I say get with your husband. Matter of fact, I told her forgot. I told her I was on the call of husband, and I know that the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help me to remember today. I said, I'll call your husband, but but I, that's going to be up to him and her. One thing as a shepherd. And the pastor, I don't, I don't get into the thing making nobody do anything. My responsibility is to teach the word. What people do with that, that's on them. And when they start experiencing hell, they want to come for counsel. And I can trace it right back. I mean, why you want counsel? You experience what you're experiencing because you refuse to become one with Christ. You refuse to become one in the word. You refuse to be a doer of the word. So now you're in the, in a state of self-deception. And where did deception, deception come from? It comes from the kingdom of darkness. It doesn't come from the, uh, heaven. There is no deception in heaven. There is no lying in heaven. There is no selfishness in heaven. It's none of that stuff in heaven. So therefore... When we refuse to do the word, we bring ourselves under satanic and demonic influence. And they don't care if you go to church. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. So now the individual that refused to to uh, uh, do what the word of God say, because they have been taught. I know they've been taught because I'm teaching them. This couple here is in our new members class, and I'm doing the teaching. And, I, and this is my first time doing uh, teach a new members class in, in in years and years and years and years. But since we we we're we're reestablishing ourselves, I, I want to make sure that the new people that God is bringing here, uh, uh, they get a good foundation. I know I'm giving it to them. Not only that I'm giving it to them, but I'm living what I'm giving them. So now, 
When a person refused, uh, you got two, the husband and the wife. One refused to do the word. The other one desired to do the word. Right there, they're not in harmony. Right there, they're not in agreement. So their capacity to prosper, their capacity to, to succeed becomes limited. Unless one obey the Lord, they still would be limited, but can you imagine what they would what they would experience from the heavens and from the earth if they walked in agreement? If the man obey God, that's good and fine. God will honor him. And but can you imagine if his wife walked in agreement with him while he's walking in agreement with Christ? Can you imagine? Ladies and gentlemen, no weapon formed against them can prosper every tongue that rises up against them in judgment. They will be able to condemn. They will be able to trade on serpents and scorpions over all the powers of the enemy. But always understand this right here. The one that refuses to agree becomes the open door for satanic attack in the relationship. And that must become a reality to you. The one that refuses to do the word becomes the instrument of Satan to attack the relationship, to destroy the relationship, to divide the relationship. Because the strength of the union is the man submitting to his head. Christ becomes the man's covering. Then the man becomes the wife covering, his wife covering. He covers her while Christ covers him. Can any weapon be formed against Christ and prevail? Absolutely not. So if a man being covered by Christ, can any weapon be formed against a man prosper? Absolutely not. Then if the man, if Christ is covering the man, and the man is covering the wife, can any weapon be formed against the woman prosper? Absolutely not. So if the devil is prevailing in one of their lives, if the devil is prevailing in the man's life, the husband's life, it's only because the man has ceased to allow Christ to be his covering. He came from up under the covering of his authority, Christ. If the woman is experiencing failure, it's because she came from up under the covering of her husband. And now she has opened herself up to satanic and demonic attacks. Now the devil now is gaining progress. In her life, she's still married, but she's still she's married, but not covered. You say, how can she not be covered? Because she's still married. Doesn't the married union automatically cover her? No. You can have a house, and you can be inside of your house when it's raining, but you can make a decision to stand out in the rain. But that's your house. You don't have to be. You don't have to get be rained on. You don't have to get wet. You got a house, but you refuse to go in the house to be covered. You refuse to allow the house to cover you from the elements. It's your house. It's like your will. You go in the house or stay outside. It's the same thing with the man and the woman. God don't make Himself cover us. I have to come up under the authority of the covering. So in order for me to be covered by my authority, I must obey my authority. I must be a doer of the word of God. Then I'm covered. I'm not deceived. I'm in truth. 
I'm under the authority of my covering by obeying his word. So therefore, if a man is submitted to Christ's authority and obeying his word, he's covered. Then it's the man's responsibility to give his wife the word that Christ gave him. Now, if the wife resists the word, watch this right here, the word by a man that is covered, not the word from a man who's not covered. What makes me covered? Me obeying the word of my covering. Who is my covering? The Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to even break it down even further. Uh, 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 I'm just talking about marriage right now. The Lord Jesus Christ. Because even though a man, Christ is a man's covering, his obedience to let you know, men that is listening, to let you know, to break it down so we can make it practical. If you're covered by the Lord Jesus Christ and you're obeying him, you're covered because of your obedience to him, then they ask you this question, man of God. Are you a part of a church? Are you submitted to a pastor? Well, that's what the scripture tells you. That's what the word says. Because your covering is the word. Christ is the word. For Satan not to assemble himself together with believers. Hebrews 10.25. The Bible says, all authority that be has been ordained by God. Hebrews chapter 13 tells us we are to be submitted to our authorities. So men, so, men, so even though you submitted to Christ, then you, your submission will be revealed in your obedience to Christ. Christ says, now I have given you a gift. I have given you a shepherd. Are you submitted to your shepherd? So now, if you submitted to your shepherd, that means you're in obedience. Now, you ought to turn around. If you submitted to your shepherd, you ought to bring your wife and your children in submission to your shepherd. You are submitted to your head, Christ. Christ, your submission is through your obedience to the word that your head gives you, Christ. You turn around and give your wife that word that your head gave you. Now, wife, you have a choice. You have a choice to obey the word that your covering gave you, which his covering gave him. Now, wife, if you are not submitted to the word that, you, that your covering gave you, which his covering gave him, then you are not covered. You're married, but you're not covered. You are married, but you're, you're outside in the rain. Your head, which is the house, can cover you from the element. Your disobedience brings you outside of the element. Watch this here. Who was Adam's covering? God. Who was Eve's covering? Adam. Now, when the spirit of evil, or the devil himself, entered into the serpent and deceived Eve, how was Eve deceived? By not doing the word. God gave them instructions. She became deceived by not doing the word. 
And what made her deceive is because God didn't give her the command. God gave Adam the command. Adam gave her the command. You see at work? Adam submitted to God, obeyed God. He was covered by God. Eve was covered by Adam because Adam gave her what God gave him. Eve was covered by Adam as long as she was obeying the word that Adam gave her which God gave him. The enemy came to Eve to get her to manipulate her to violate the word that Adam gave her which God gave him. So when Eve listened to the serpent and obeyed the serpent, she came from up under the covering of Adam. Her disobedience brought her from up under the covering of Adam. And when Adam listened to Eve, it brought him from up under the covering of God. God comes down in the cool of the day. And God says, Adam, Adam, where art thou? Adam said, I was afraid. Who told you that? By the mere fact he had another language, by the mere fact Adam spoke another language, was a revelation that he came from under the covering of God. Adam could not have sinned as long as he was under the covering. He came from up under the covering. And the enemy now becomes his covering. Are we getting this, ladies and gentlemen? Are we looking at the pattern? So when Eve came from up under the covering of Adam, could Adam, could he could have still been a success? Absolutely. By staying up under the covering of his, the God that created him and gave him the instructions. And gave him the instructions. Now, so could an individual live in the same household but not covered properly? Absolutely. Absolutely. Can, can a person look like they are in alignment and covered but not covered? Absolutely. Then what calls proper alignment? Intimacy. Oneness. Well, what calls oneness? The order. Adam, not Adam, the man have to love his covering. Jesus, if you love me, you obey me. The wife have to love her covering. Her love for him is going to be in her submission. Submission. Now, when God came down, he said, I was afraid. I was afraid. He wasn't afraid before. He never was afraid. But all of a sudden, he's afraid. How many couples that is listening to me now, you're afraid to be transparent with your spouse? You're afraid to be naked and not ashamed. 
Believe it or not, that's probably the majority of marriages in, in Christendom. That means your spouse is not covered. If a man is afraid to be transparent with his wife, he's not covered by Christ. He have left his covering. And what caused Adam to be afraid? He sinned. He sinned, and he became afraid. So if a spouse is afraid of each other, it's because of sin. Sin. Nowhere in the Bible you will see fear in, in heaven. Nowhere you see fear in the kingdom of God. When you read the book of Revelation, it said the fearful will not enter into the kingdom of God. Fear will keep you out of the kingdom of God. And when you're afraid to be transparent with your spouse, it's nothing but a revelation that your spouse is not covering you and your spouse has no influence in your life. Absolutely none. Satan has more influence in you than your covering. If it's the man, Satan has more influence in your life than Christ. If it's the woman, Satan has more influence in your life than Christ and your husband. I was afraid. And now what happens is this right here. Progress is impeded. Progress is impeded. But when you are properly covered and you love your covering, you're not afraid. You're not afraid to be transparent. You're not afraid to be naked and not ashamed. Isn't it amazing that the if you've been married for a while now and and when you begin to have a relationship with your spouse and you've been married five years, ten years, is it amazing you get comfortable with each other, even though you don't gain weight and you bigger than what you was when you before you got married, but you're comfortable with it now. And and you ain't ashamed. Oh, you may say little jokes, whatever the case may be, but you're still having relationships. Isn't it amazing that you're not afraid to take off your clothes, but you're afraid to uncover your soul? It's amazing. That reveals that we are more fleshly and carnal than we are spiritual. We are more fleshly and carnal than we are spiritual. And every time, ladies and gentlemen, a husband and a wife have sexual relationship and they're, in, and they're hiding, it's a lie. It's deception. It's manipulation. Now I'm asking you this question. Is fear of God? No. Then fear got to be of who? The devil. So if I'm, I'm afraid, at that moment I am operating under the spirit and the influence of a foreign spirit. Watch this right here. If 
you have relationship with your spouse under the influence of that spirit, are you not releasing that spirit on your spouse? Absolutely. But you don't care because you're selfish. You're self-centered. You don't care if they get hurt. You don't care if they, as long as you, you are protected. You're protecting your secret. As long as they don't know my secret. I don't care if they get, and they, and they go around, I don't understand. You know, I've been oppressed lately. I'm going through, and you know you're the cause of it. You know that that spirit that you have been submitting to has been released and causing damage to your spouse. And not only damage to your spouse, even your children. You don't care. You don't care. So get covered. Make a decision. Make a decision. I only got a few more minutes. I've been sharing those and haven't even read my scripture. Ladies and gentlemen, you must do spiritual warfare on yourself. I got to do spiritual warfare on myself. I don't fight. I want everybody to listen to me good. You should not. I'm going to tell you what my fight should be. My fight should be to fight to stay in alignment with my covering. I got to fight every evil force that's been assigned to bombard me to get me out of alignment with Christ. The wife got to fight with everything in her heart, mind, soul, and strength to stay in alignment with her husband, which is in alignment with Christ. She's got to fight. And fighting, ladies and gentlemen, is, is, is more than binding the devil. After you're binding, you've got to do something. What's the purpose of buying if you don't do anything? Notice what Scripture says here in Luke chapter 11, starting with verse 21. I'm reading out of the Amplified Version. When the strong man, fully armed from his courtyard, guards his own dwelling, guards his own dwelling. His belongings are undisturbed. His property is at peace and is secured. As long as he's guarding it, his property is undisturbed. As long as he's guarding it, it's undisturbed. Is at peace and it is secure. Then I'm asking you this question. What would be the property of a satanic strongman? What would be the property? Lust, anger, greed, vanity, uh, fear, pride, blindness, deception, poverty, uh, Rejection. All of these things will be the property of a strong man. When, uh, watch this right here. These are the things that will cause me not to be in alignment with my covering. 
If I know any of these things is in operation in my life to keep me from being in alignment with my head, Christ Jesus, if I don't bind the strong man, if I don't do anything, what am I doing? I'm protecting the strong man. And the strong man is protecting his property. Are, are you getting this? So I have to do warfare on E.J. McKenzie. Any of those things I just named, if, if, it's, if I see it blocking my, my intimacy with, 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 with the Lord, I take authority over you, not so in the name of Jesus. Let me, let me make it practical. Just if I'm struggling with unforgiveness with Kathy. The enemy want to keep me from out of alignment with my head, Christ. And he know that in order for me to be the proper covering for Kathy, I must be willing to forgive her for anything she's done, said or thought that wasn't like it. I may be angry with her. I might want to I might want to exercise revenge. And I have been angry with her before. I want to exercise revenge. So what I got to do, I got to deal with the forces of darkness bombarding my mind. I got to deal with it. I got to break that thing off of me. I got to bind that thing. I got to come against that thing. I got to release the judgment of God upon that thing. I got to tell that thing, you don't belong to me. I belong to my master. My master is Christ Jesus. Christ is my covering. In the name of Jesus, I drive you out of my mind. These foul thoughts that's entered in my mind, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I command right now you to be paralyzed, neutralized, and put to death now in Jesus' name. That's warfare. I don't owe you anything. I am dead to sin, and I'm alive to Christ. I belong to Christ, and I have crucified my flesh with his lust and his passion. Not so in Jesus' name. But I've got to take it another step, because that means nothing if I don't do something. I just warred, but I've got to do something. I've got to do something to make sure that those thoughts don't become an implantation to my heart. Like the word of God is engrafted, engrafted word. Satan wants his word to be engrafted in my heart. So down after I do that, I got to do something. Now what do I do? Okay, now I got to, okay, I'm going to make sure that uh, I'm walking in forgiveness. I'm walking in love. So I may go out and buy her a gift. I'm not buying her a gift for her. I'm buying a gift for me. For the manifestation of my freedom, the manifestation of my liberty, for the manifestation of my union with my covering. But the problem with a lot of with a lot of Christians and a lot of individuals um, that are in the church that's a praying church like our church, that's all they do is pray and nothing else. They bind, 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 bind. Rebuke, rebuke, rebuke. Cast out, cast out. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You ain't have me. And they don't do absolutely nothing. And this is the best way to do it. When you go buy that gift, then expose it. Say, you know something? I'm going to tell you why I bought this gift for you. The devil was trying to get me to operate in unforgiveness towards you. The spirit of bitterness tried to rise up and grip my heart. I broke that thing off of me. I'm free in my mind, and here's this gift. I want to let you know I love you. I want to let you know I appreciate you. I want to let you know I thank God for you. 
What you're doing, you're doing that for yourself to stay covered and so you can be a proper covering for your wife. Are you, are you getting this? And what did I do? I'm going to tell you what, what happened. I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you something. When the strong man, fully armed from his courtyard, guards his own dwelling, and what, what, what is his own dwelling? He's trying to get me to become his dwelling. His own dwelling, his belongings are undisturbed. What is his belongings? Unforgiveness. What is his belongings? Anger. What is his belongings? Revenge. That's his belonging. And a lot of people is protecting him. It's protecting him. Fear is protecting Satan. Love is protecting God. Perfect love has cast out all fear. You cannot love when you're in fear. It's impossible. Then if I ask you, do you love your wife? Of course I do, but you're afraid. You're lying. You love your husband? Of course I do, but you're afraid. You are lying. It's impossible to love and be afraid. Jesus, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I do his commandment because I love him. I don't do his commandment to try to impress him. I'm already impressed by him because he gave his life for me. Are you getting this, ladies and gentlemen? Now watch this right here, verse 22. But when one stronger than he attacks him and conquers him, he robs him of his whole armor on which he had relied. You rob him of what? The very thing that he was relying on. The very thing. Fear is a strong man. What's the, his armor? Terror. Intimidation. So, so when you act on the word of God, you strip him of his armor, which he was relying on to protect him and his goods that he, you allowed him to come in and occupy and bring his goods into your house. This is good stuff. But when one's stronger, then he attacks. But when one's stronger, then he does attack. When one's stronger, when one's stronger, when one's stronger... Watch this right here. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. When one's stronger. This is what you're going to tell me. You'll quote. You'll start quoting scripture. you start doing spiritual warfare. Satan, the Bible says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Um, the stronger one, the greater one lives on the inside of me. I bind you in the name of Jesus and do nothing. And do nothing. Then if the greater one, you see how we make God look so bad. We make God look so bad. We make Jesus look so bad. We make the Holy Spirit look so bad. We make him look bad. Greater is he that is in me than he is in the world. Then if I ask you a question. Is God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit bigger than Satan? 
You gonna say, yes, sir. They are bigger, greater. Yes. Then why are you incarcerated? Why are you incarcerated? Why are you incarcerated by lust? Why are you incarcerated by anger? Why are you incarcerated by greed? Why are you incarcerated by poverty? Why are you incarcerated by rejection? Why are you incarcerated by the spirit of Jezebel? But yet we say greater. And we quote scripture. Is you got to step out by faith. Knowing that greater is he that is in you as he is in the world. It's a faith thing, ladies and gentlemen. And you can't control this. See, when you love yourself more, that's what fear does. Fear causes you to love yourself more. Because fear is self-preservation, not God-preservation. It's what? Self-preservation and not God-preservation. Fear is self-provided and not God-provided. Fear is self-protection and not God-protection. You can't have both of them. You can be willing to give up the one in order to experience the other. You can never experience God when you're afraid because you're in control. You are controlling the relationship. You are controlling yourself. You're providing for yourself. You are in control. So you forfeit and possibility or a chance to experience God. And, you, and watch this right here. And you don't want to say anything about it. That right there, what I just said, you can even be used by God to help somebody else but won't let God help you. Isn't that amazing? You can be used by God to let God use you to help somebody else. And the very people you help really believe that you're a man and woman of God. And you love God and you trust God. Because they just got help through you. Oh, God used you to help them. But the God that used you to help them, you won't let him help you. You just want to become an instrument and a channel to help somebody else. But you yourself is defeated. The person you help is victorious. And Satan don't care. Satan do not mind if you help somebody. He do not mind if you step out and lay hands on the sick and the sick recover. He don't care if you preach and teach the gospel as long as you don't live it. As long as you don't step out by faith. Because faith is a risk. Faith is a risk. I got a risk, a chance of being rejected. I got a risk, a chance of my wife divorcing me by me telling the truth. Or my husband divorcing me by telling the truth. See, the reason it's a risk, you are stepping out on the word and you trust in God for the outcome. Whatever the outcome is, I trust you, God. And my wife stay with me, it's because of you. By me telling the truth, if she leave me, I trust you to your bring her back. I told you the truth. That freed me. I judged myself. So I'm not judged by Satan. I judged myself. I told you the truth. And I trust you for the outcome. I trust you with the outcome. 
I got faith is a risk. That's why that's why faith works by love. It's impossible to walk by faith without loving. It is possible to love without walking by faith. Ladies and gentlemen, I've got about twenty five seconds. Well, it was a pleasure. I pray that you got something from the Lord today. I pray that God challenged your thinking today for you to step out and be a doer of the word, not a hearer only, deceiving your own self. Once again, we'd like to, uh, for you all to join us the last Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of our prayer line, 5.30 a.m. in the morning. Our uh, number, new number is area code 712-432-3900. Area code 712-432-3900. The code is 287381. 287381. 287381 pound. If you desire to go and be with us, uh, go back and join with us on the prayer line that we uh, pre uh, previous prayers we prayed. You can go to our website, ejmpcc.com, and you can get the reference numbers and, and go back and pray and battle and war with us. After you pray, you got to do something. After you pray, you got to do something. And all biblical prayer will produce something. If there's no production, then it's not biblical prayer. You just pray in words, but it's, and they're words of death, and they're not words of life. But that's another time. Well, this has been your host, Dr. J. McKenzie. Don't forget about the changes that we're making. It's been your host, Dr. J. McKenzie, with the Master Key. God bless you. Let the rest of your day be prosperous and blessed in your midweek services. If it's tonight, if it's tomorrow, if it's yesterday, I pray that the glory of God came and Jesus was glorified. Let's keep one another lifted up in prayer, ladies and gentlemen. We're in spiritual warfare. Let's keep each other's marriages lifted up. Let's keep our children lifted up in prayer. Let's pray for one another. God bless you until the, uh, Saturday. I'll see you Saturday. God bless you now. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.